Hi again, everybody. Welcome to the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We bring people from different genres, different niches, um, different experiences, and, and we look at their high performance techniques, um, look at those things that have made them successful so that you and I can take away some of that information and apply them to our lives. Uh, so we have uh, another really cool guest today, which I'm going to introduce in just a minute. Um, a couple of quick things, um, a couple of supporters of the podcast, Jazz HR. Um, you'll have heard them a few times in, in previous podcasts. Um, they are an applicant tracking system that um, as companies are coming and building back um, over the next little while, um, they're going to be looking for um, different people to, to work for them. And, and this is a tool to help you do that. So if you're an organization that's looking to recruit for people, um, and if you're recruiters that are looking to be able to help manage that system, um, the uh, this is the best solution for it. It helps you track all of those things and move them through. So go to um, our website which is www.bigideabigmoves.com and you'll see the information on there. Take a look at it. I'm, I'm sure that you'll be able to find something that works. Um, the other side is that Epitome HR. Um, we know that the, the job market is going to be extremely competitive over the next little while. Um, they've come out with some kind of career coaching packages that are everything from helping you with your LinkedIn profile, helping you with um, your resumes, and also being able to um, look at things like applicant tracking systems and how those things work. So really put together a strategy of how you leap ahead of other people and being able to get that new job or um, uh, or if you're rethinking what you want to do they'll help you with that as well um, so with all that being said, we uh, again have um, this fantastic guest today that we're going to be going uh, into a conversation with. Um, Chris Gronkowski is an entrepreneur. He's inventor of the ice shaker. That's a protein shaker bottle, which we're going to talk about today. Um, it alleviates some of the problems that, uh, that he saw as a, as a high-level athlete because before his venture, um, Chris had a career, uh, made a career for himself in um, professional football. So he's played for the Dallas Cowboys, Indianapolis Colts, Denver Broncos, um, and he comes from a really high-performing family that I understand goes way back to his Olympian grandfather, which hopefully we could kind of hear a little bit about today. Um, and uh, he works closely with his brothers as well in, in uh, both business life and, and other things, which we'll, we'll talk about there as well, because they are all successful athletes, which is pretty cool from a high-performance standpoint as well. Um, and Chris was featured on ABC Shark Tank as well. So you'll know that he secured investment um, for, his in, for his invention from Mark Cuban and Alex Rodgers. Rodriguez. So, um, so hopefully we'll hear lots of good tips of how that worked out. And uh, um, again, Chris, um, you know, thanks for, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the intro. Uh, excited to be here and uh, excited to chat some business and sports. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and that's the cool thing is, well, it's, it's, it's morning time there. Have you, um, a lot of people want to know usually what's, what's a morning routine for somebody who's, um, you know, kind of a, uh, has that athletic background, but also a business background. Um, you know, you've been busy, I, th I think, on calls already this morning, but how do you, how do you what's your morning routine look like? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot since COVID hit. Um, it used to be uh, you wake up early and uh, I would be at the gym by 5 a.m. I'd usually work out. I had a group of uh, guys I was playing basketball with as well, uh, because for me, I needed competition in my life still. I needed something to push me. And I'd like to do that early in the morning and really get my morning started and really feel like I accomplished something right off the bat. Yeah. And then that would just get me fired up. That would get me motivated. And I'd go right into my work day. And, uh, you know, I'd crush it. Uh, for me, I have three kids now as well. Yeah. So I would like to um, get home about seven o'clock and, and I would work for about an hour and really crush the really important things and line up, up everything for the day. Yeah. And then my kids would wake up and um, you know, I'd get them ready, uh, feed them, 
Uh, my wife and I would, would um, get, get them ready. And usually they go to school. Uh, yeah. Now they're, uh, they're kind of just getting ready to uh, hang out at the house now. Yeah. But I'd like to take that hour to really, um, you know, connect with my kids and my family and take care of them. And then, uh, then it's back to business until, you know, about five o'clock. But, um, you know, being a business owner, I, I guess it really never ends. Um, yeah. Even when I'm hanging out with them, uh, I try to put my phone down. But, you know, a lot of times business calls and um, I, I'm, I'm just 24-7, usually around the clock, doing something with work as well. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, so a lot of people probably think, okay, going from um, your kind of elite athletic background into business, that that's a huge change or a big pivot. Do you find it being a really big change for you or, um, you know, how does that, how's that looked? Yeah. It's, it's almost the same thing. Uh, Very, very similar as long, I mean, as an entrepreneur um, it it is because everything is dependent on you. Um, It's long days, you know, waking up for football was 5am. Uh, you know, it was a 12 hour work day. You get back and, uh, you, know, you study for your playbook for the next day. And as an athlete, you know, your success depended on yourself. You know, if you wanted to be good, you know, you had to put that training in, you had to study, you had to study the playbook, you had to study your opponents. It's all the same thing with business. You know, if you want to be successful, you have to study. You're still studying your opponents just in a different way. You're studying the market. Uh, you're still waking up early. You're grinding, you know, and, and a lot of it's just teamwork as well. And, and that's something that I've realized later on as an entrepreneur, uh, because at first I thought I was the guy that could just do it all myself. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, 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 have been so successful in the past and you're like, Hey man, I could do this better than anyone, which you probably can, but you, there's a limit, there's a ceiling on how much you can do. And you know, I was working 80 hours a week and finally, you know, it finally clicked like, Hey, you know, in sports you win because it's a team. Why, why am I trying to do this all myself? Why am I trying to be the superstar of my company? You know, I need to build a team. And once I started doing that, that's when we really started to take off to another level. Yeah, it's that uh, it's that piece where you all have strength too, right? And uh, and you can leverage other people's strength, just like with a team. But um, you know, same thing in business. If you find somebody who's really that superstar social media person or whatever it happens to be that, or the accountant, and uh, if you've got that, it it just adds to your ability to get more done. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, you can't do everything. Uh, and when you try. You know, you're not doing it to the best of your ability anyways. So you're better off bringing someone in and, and teaching them and making them feel a part of it and, and really give them responsibilities that, you know, that you had before as well and let them run with it. You know, yeah. don't be scared. And um, that was one of my hardest things. And that was something I really worked on uh, at the beginning of 2020. Yeah. And just being able to let go a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. That's tough, especially when it's your baby and yeah. it's your attention and it's your company and, uh, you almost feel like no one could do it as good as you. But if you take that time and you actually teach them instead of just saying, hey, I'll just do that myself and really take that time and teach them, they're going to be able to be just as good as you or maybe even better because you get that outside perspective that you don't necessarily see because you're kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of tunnel vision for you because it's your product. and It's always been your baby. So yeah. sometimes it's good to bring someone else in and get someone else's opinion. Absolutely. Well, let, let's walk back a little bit then. You were, um, a lot of people think that coming up with a product or service is it just happens for people. Um, you know, I mean, this, this was something that uh, I think you built up to a little bit. So, so tell me kind of how did, how did the process go to get where you are right now? Yeah. So it was, um, it was pretty crazy. So I was, I was in the NFL. Um, you know, I played four seasons, had four credited years. And uh, yeah. what ended up happening was my wife actually started a business after my third year. And she started it because she was sick of finding a new job everywhere she went. Uh, <laughs> three different cities in three years. I was on three different teams and she's like, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, I've, I've done so many interviews. I get this great job and then boom, I'm gone. So uh, she wanted to find a way to work from home. 
And so her idea was, um, you know, she was going to hand paint wine glasses. And I came home and I just kind of shook my head and said, you know, that's cool. Uh, sounds like a cool little hobby. Um, and all of a sudden, the next thing I knew, she started selling them. And she started selling them to a point where she couldn't keep up with it because to hand paint them took about 30 minutes each. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at that point, she said, hey, I got to find a better way to do it. And she bought a vinyl machine. She started cutting vinyl. And she was able to do it a lot faster. And at that point, you know, I started looking into it and saying, wow, you know, there might actually be something here. And uh, I was still playing football. And she just kept growing it and growing it and growing it. And um, at that time, I, I, I was released from uh, my first team. I, my first contract ended. Um, yeah. I guess my third team it was at the time. Um, but it was my first contract was over. Yeah. So I had a period of time where I had about three months where I wasn't signed with the team. And at that point, really looked into it and said, wow, you know, this personalization company and business is, is huge. It's wide open. And we saw an opportunity there and we jumped on it and started spending money towards, uh, you know, commercial grade laser engravers and, um, and bigger cutters and diamond tip engravers. And we really focused on the wedding industry. And uh, I got signed to the Chargers and I ended up leaving and I was there for about six months. Uh, but in the back of my head, I was like, man, this company's blowing up here. You know, should I go back or, or should I play? And yeah. I ended up getting hurt in camp and uh, got released with the injury settlement. And that was kind of um, the period of time where like, hey, we should probably go back to this and really, really focus on it. So yeah. uh, long story short, we were able to grow that. And um, I was making more money my first year outside of the NFL than I was playing in the NFL. So a nice little transition for me. Uh, yeah. But all that kind of led to uh, to this, which yeah. is uh, – the ice shaker, um, about five years into it, uh, you know, it was, it was my wife's passion. It was doing really well and, and, and I loved it and it was a challenge and it kept growing and growing. It's still growing today. And, uh, it was 2016. I was at the gym in, in Dallas and, um, super, super hot out. And I go to take a sip of my water. It's warm. It tastes terrible. And I'm making like <laughs> sweat rings on the ground every time I put it down. And, and I just said, man, there's gotta be something out there that's better than this. You know, there's all kinds of insulated bottles, but there was really nothing out there that was just easy to fill, easy to clean, that I could use all day, every day. You know, bring it to the gym, but also bring it to work. You know, bring yeah. it on the airplane, bring it to the pool. You know, use it at home. Like, I just want one bottle instead of having five in my sink at the end of the day. <laughs> at that point, the goal was let's just make the best bottle that I can for the gym and for, and for everything else. You know, for everywhere I went, just one bottle is all I wanted. And that's where the idea came from. Wow. And – so, you know, you, you had a big leap when you went to Shark Tank, I guess. So cause you had prototypes, things like that. Uh, you know, what's it, what's it like to prepare for that? I mean, one thing is what happens in there and what happens with the show. But, uh, you know, the preparation part, my understanding is you've got a pretty good math brain from what I understand. Um, and, and so, you know, how did, how did all of that, like, how was it getting prepared to head into to that type of an environment? It was kind of like, you know, your first NFL game is yeah. kind of, how, how the feeling was. Uh, but the cool part was uh, I had eight seasons to watch that I could prepare from. So I, I wrote down every question. I had pretty much every answer memorized in my head and I was ready to go, man. So uh, anyone who got tricked up before, or, um, you know, they really made an example of, I sat there and just said, Hey, I am going to make sure I know the answer. Not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be that guy, you know, because realistically this show lives on forever. Uh, you know, my kids are going to see it. And, and that was, that was kind of the thing I kept thinking, like, hey, if I'm that guy who, uh, you know, just gets embarrassed on there, my kids are going to see it and, and their friends are going to watch it in high school. And I got to come out. I got to be a beast. So 
uh, I was 100% prepared for it. And I was also, I was crushing the gym too. So I was making sure I was looking good too. <laughs> I knew this was on forever. So I had to look good, be prepared. And, um, I came in ready to go. And the really cool part was that I was able to have my family there with me as well. Yeah, uh, because you do get nervous, uh, but man, when your family's there, when you call your four brothers out of the back room and they yeah. come and give you a huge chest bump, after that, I mean, it's game on. Like you're, you know, you're not nervous anymore after something like that happens. Well, and I, I, it's interesting that you know your your family is so tight knit that way. I was looking at what did they uh, Vanity Fair called you guys the first family of jocks, which is something that's <laughs> like hilarious. It. But like uh, you know, all of you seem like you're you're pretty. I'm sure you're competitive with each other, but you're also very supportive and and probably kind of connect. How does that how does that work for you guys? Where you're kind of all you're all quite different, but are so connected that way. Yeah, it's funny because growing up it was the exact opposite. You know, all we did was fight. Uh, you know, if, if any of us got awarded something, uh, you know, we were jealous, you know, and we were mad about it and we wanted to then, you know, beat them in that. So like yeah. something like a home run derby, if I won the home run derby, you know, uh, all my brothers, you know, they're, they're, they're telling me why I shouldn't have, and they, they're better than me and all that. So that's kind of how it was growing up and it was nonstop fighting. And you know, we were super, super, super competitive. But as we got older, we became so much more supportive of each other. And instead of putting, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that fighting spirit against each other, we were putting against our opponents and we we're working together as a team. And that's kind of how it is now. Uh, you know, we are super competitive. Uh, we want to win in everything we do and we all kind of work on different things at this point, but yeah. then everything overlaps because everything we do is all about health and fitness and helping people get better. And so we then come together and say, Hey, you know, we're helping this group over here. How can we be a part of it as well? And so we have so much synergies in everything we do uh, between you know, G&G Fitness and Grok Fitness, which is my dad's fitness company that he's been doing for over 30 years. He's now the second largest distributor in the U.S. of fitness equipment. Um, and then we have Ice Shaker, which is just all about, you know, living an active, healthy lifestyle. We have a new um, event called Stadium Blitz, where uh, my younger brother, Glenn, is now working with them. And it's an obstacle course race through NFL and college stadiums. Uh, so really, really cool event as well. And, and so all we do is, you know, we tie everything that we can together and all the relationships and partnerships that we have, we find a way to work together and we all benefit from it. And, and so do our partners. So it's been a really, really um, you know, cool model that we've done and we've been able to stay together uh, really close as a family, but also at the same time, give each other space and work on different things. And how does, um, I mean, that it's probably applicable to all of you, but for you, um, having that kind of athletic background, what do you think the, what are some of the traits, some of the things that, that you've learned through your athletic career that you see have, have really helped you kind of move things ahead in business? Like what are, yeah. what are some of those key things? A lot of things. Um, first off, obviously hard work, long days. Um, number two, what I think is really big is, is multitasking. Yeah. Uh, I think that's big. I think that's more of a college trait that you learn when you're going through school and, um, you, know, you, have, you have school, you have football. It's a nonstop grind. College is, college is a lot. And then um, for me, I think leadership and teamwork is huge as well. Um, like I was kind of hitting on before, once I really figured out how important the team was, that has really taken us to a, to a whole new level. Uh, and we really have clicked and grown so much because of that. So I think those three factors are absolutely huge. And that's what, that's what wins in football as well. You know, when you have that as a team, uh, that's those are the teams that win. Okay, so you go into a boardroom now. Is it a help or a hindrance that you're uh, you're known? You're probably recognized first as an athlete. 
hopefully that's changing now. But is that a is that a good thing in that environment where you're trying to get maybe distribution deals and things like that? And uh, you know, has it has it been a help or a hindrance to be known as the athlete kind of family? Uh, I think it helps to get you in the door. Yeah. But after that, I don't think it matters. So uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna answer the phone because of it, and they're gonna want to talk because someone at the company or maybe them or whoever it is is a fan or loves football or, or has heard of some kind of story, likes to party. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but whatever it is, uh, you're probably going to answer the phone. But at the end of the day, if you can't deliver, if you don't have a good product, if you don't have a good service, they don't care. You know, they're, they're there to make money. You know, that, that's the end goal. And so, yeah, they'll answer and it helps you get in. But if you can't deliver, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. So you better be able to do a good job and, and have a good business or company. What's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome so far? Oh man, so many, so many. Um, just right out the gate, uh, you know, 20 prototypes later, we think we have our product right. And um, the first shipment that comes in, we ended up having to check each and every bottle because the actual pop top on it that we never had an issue with sealing. Yeah. Um, for some reason, once we got them, uh, they, they come in two, they make them in twos uh, off the machine. And so, Every other one wouldn't seal correctly. And if you just lifted the bottle upside down, it would leak everywhere. And so something that you know, we, we never had an issue with, they didn't even test it because it never had been an issue in the last 20 prototypes, shows up in um, you know, an order of 10,000 bottles, which out the gate is, you know, it's a lot for, for a first Big order. investment, yeah. And, um, you know, half of them leak. And we had to go through, at that time, it was uh, in the upstairs of my house uh, where we were storing them, 10,000 units. And uh, <laughs> To go through hand by hand and change every single lid out and check them all before we were shipping the product out. So, uh, right off the bat, this you know terrible, terrible, terrible challenge. You know, if you weren't, if I wasn't passionate about it, if I didn't absolutely love the idea and, and the grind, I probably would have just gave up right at that point. So, uh, yeah. it, there's so many challenges. That's that was just you know, one of one of so many. Every day there's something that you know is is something that you you have to figure out. You're almost a problem solver as an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's it's interesting how, you know, I think people think it's nice and smooth, but it, it never is. And and I, I think that's a great example because that could to a lot of people, if you don't have that resiliency, um, to think that half of your shipment there's a problem with um of your one of your first big shipments, that's uh that could be really disheartening to somebody. Yeah, it, it was half, but we still had to replace all of them because we couldn't figure out which ones were figured out already. <laughs> so we just had to look for all even better. It was a grind, man, and and that's also on top of you know working a full time job. Uh, on top of that, which was more than that, because it was really you know my wife's business at the time that we were understaffed and you know, we were trying to do way too much, of course. Um, yeah. And uh, you know that was a long day there as well, and then we'd come back and you know we work on on changing out lids all day. So yeah. But it's your own at the end of the day. It makes a difference though, right? It's one of those stories that you know, I, I wish I had more pictures of it so I could go back and, and kind of show everyone uh, you know, where it started and have yeah. that story. For me, it wasn't the garage. For me, it was uh, the upstairs. upstairs. My <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You won't have the old uh, uh, Jeff Bezos picture that you know, will live forever. So you'll, yeah. you'll just have it in your mind instead. Um, yeah. what's, uh, I mean, you've, you've obviously met lots of, lots of people over your career so far here. So what's the best piece of advice that you think you've received? Oh, man. Um, I would say it's from my dad. Yeah. So, uh, super successful in business as well. Um, over 30 years in business now. And, you know, when he started, he, he worked two jobs um, and he worked full time for six years with five boys and uh, got his business off the ground doing that. So crazy, crazy uh, to hear. But 
he was meeting with uh, the CEO of Life Fitness. And he was, you know, he, he was invited to, I think it was a trip to Hawaii or Cancun or something like that. And um, the guy, the, the CEO at the time said, hey, so tell me a little bit about your company. And he told him about it. And uh, his response was, so you don't want to grow the company? Like he, he's like, you're happy with where you're at? And my dad was like, well, you know, what does that mean? Of course I want to grow it. And he said, well, you know, you got to hire people. You got to give people responsibilities. You have to build a team. And uh, that's a story my dad told me over and over and over. And uh, it really didn't sink in until in probably the last year. And that's why I think team building is so important. My dad just kept pushing that to me as well. And he kept telling me the stories. Like, if you want to grow, you have to hire. You have to bring in good people and you have to take care of them. And so uh, when it finally sunk in, it finally hit. It all made sense. And uh, yeah. we've really just accelerated ever since that happened. Now, how do you how do you choose the people that you want to work with, Chris? Like, what kind of uh, what kind of a, a trade or people are you looking for to make sure that they hold true to what you want in your product and your service? For sure, uh, the kind of people that I look for, I don't even really necessarily look at degrees or, or pass or anything like that. Uh, what I want is I want someone that's just going to get it done. So I want someone that instead of coming to me and asking me, "Hey, how do you do this?" You know, they figure it out. And that's how I have always been myself. Uh, you know, I, I did everything for the company uh, starting off and I had no one to show me how uh, from, from sourcing product to uh, you know, advertising, Facebook advertising, uh, learning every single platform pretty much, um, mm -hmm. you know, laser engraving products, uh, all, all that whole aspect, fulfilling orders, customer service, every single aspect of the business I did myself uh, for the first year for the most yeah. part. Uh, and, and so, when I find someone that comes in and just wants to get it done, instead of asking me, you know, if there's an issue, you know, they go and figure it out first. And then they come back and say, Hey, we had this issue. This is how I could fix it. Here's a couple ways I could fix it. What do you think is the best way? Yeah. That's the person that I want on my team because you know, they're go-getters. They're just going to get it done instead of just sitting there and waiting, doing nothing. And just for me, you know, they just waiting for me to tell them what to do. Yeah. It's that kind of dig right in mentality. So absolutely. Absolutely. Is there something that surprised you about being an entrepreneur so far? Man, uh, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> everything. I think kind of, yeah, kind of. Um, you know what you end up doing, right? Every yeah. everything that you uh, end up doing, it's like you know you're the guy also in there cleaning toilets, you know. Yeah. And you're just like, man, I thought this was going to be the coolest thing ever, and um, you know you're the you're the you're the you're the boss, right? And uh, <laughs> boss doesn't necessarily uh, get the best chores as well. I mean, there's things that I've done where I'm like, man. I can't believe I'm doing this right now or I would even learn about this. But yeah, I mean, the first time we moved into our building, the toilet was broken and I'm in there fixing the toilet and I've never fixed the toilet before. And uh, <laughs> All these other life skills you didn't realize would come out of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> so much stuff. Everything's thrown at you and, uh, you know, fixing computer, everything you could think of building websites. I mean, I've, I've done everything and um, I enjoy the challenge. So it doesn't bother me. I enjoy working as well. So uh, it's just things that, I never thought I'd be talented at Photoshop or making videos or really anything uh, that has come across my path. And it's been it's super interesting to learn it. I just never thought I'd get to that point. Yeah. And, and how do you learn it? I guess that's the one thing too. A lot of entrepreneurs it's, uh, are figuring out, oh, well, I don't know how to do it. Well, yeah. But if you're having to do everything, how do, how do you jump in and, and try to figure stuff out? Yeah. So for me, um, YouTube has been my best friend for sure. Um, a lot of times I just dive right in and, and I try to figure it out myself. Uh, YouTube has been super helpful. And then, um, you know, something that was really cool early on was actually uh, networking groups on Facebook. 
I joined a few, especially on, on Facebook ads. Uh, I thought that was a huge help because, you know, uh, my first hundred dollars I spent on Facebook, I didn't make one sale. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing and uh, why I went back to it and why I joined a group, which is free. You know, it's a free group. I just searched for it and um, I was able to join it. They let me in and um, I was able to ask for help and, and people were, were nice enough to help, you know, and um, I would go back and I'd tell them what would work and what wouldn't. So they kind of learned from what I was doing as well, but it was a really cool group for free that people would share information. Uh, but why I kept going back was because every time I watched Shark Tank afterwards, I would see companies come in and say, Hey, uh, you know, we spent this much money on Facebook. We had a million dollars in sales in the, in the month of July. And, and I'm like, <laughs> well, how did they, how did they sell a million off Facebook? There's, I gotta be doing something wrong. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's what I just, I just go back and, um, and try to figure it out and try to figure it out and try to figure it out. And that's, uh, it's kind of how business has been. Yeah. And it's, it's that trial and error piece too, right. Is like figure out what works and, you know, shoot and see what happens. You stick with it and, uh, go all in with it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot of learning. Very cool. Um, you mentioned your dad is one of those kind of uh, people that um, you look up to from a business standpoint. Um, you have a family now. What are there certain things that you think, you know, you'd like to, to make sure that, you know, your dad did for you that you want to pass on to your kids? Are there, are there things there that jump out? Absolutely. Uh, I think the biggest one of the hardest challenge for me is going to be um, you're making them understand the value of a dollar and making them earn everything that they have. So my dad, and I don't know if it was on purpose or not early on, but, uh, you know, he wouldn't get, they, they made us buy everything ourselves. We wanted it. All right. You know, that's great. Go get this job as an umpire. Uh, that's great. Uh, go be the paper boy. Uh, so we had a paper route for, for six years. You know, we were umpire and I was working for my dad as, uh, when I was 15, uh, delivering treadmills and, and fitness equipment. But uh, I think it was something that, you know, happened to him. And so he really knew the value of a dollar because he was never handed anything. He had to buy his first car. He had to do all that himself. So he made sure that it was the same for us. So even when he could later on in life uh, afford to buy us a new car or, or you know, pay for our, our flight or buy our meal and all that, uh, you know, it wasn't that way. It was, hey, if you want it, you earn it. And, and that's how it's going to be. You're not getting college for free. So you better go find a way to get a scholarship uh, and earn that, that, that D1 scholarship or you know, you're paying for it. Or I'll help you and I'll pay for it now, but you're paying me back. So I think uh, you know, that's a challenge because I do have the means to go out and, and buy whatever I want for my kids. Sure. And when they're asking and they're your kids, do you want the best for them and you want to give them the world? It's hard to say no, but I think by saying no, you're actually doing them a favor and you're teaching them the value of a dollar that's really going to benefit them down the road. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's pretty amazing that you, you still have that, um, have that kind of thinking behind, you know, having your kids kind of work for it. Cause you see so many that, that don't, that are in, you know, a similar situation to you and it probably does make a difference down the road. So, um, so before I go into, so I will ask you kind of at the end, you know, give us a couple of hints. Um, obviously I have to ask, okay, so Rob is going back this year uh, to be with Tom. Do you think they can do the same thing that they've done before? Or do you think it'll kind of recreate things if stuff happens with COVID and they, they get back to some normalcy? Yeah, I mean, I think this might be the best situation for them with, with COVID, as long as they play this year. Uh, yeah. And why I say that is because those two guys are going to work and outwork anyone. Uh, you know, there, there's never going to be a day off. Even if the facility's not open, it doesn't matter where. You know, a lot of guys, I, I'm sure they're chilling at home. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're not putting in as much work as they would if the yeah. facility was open. So 
if anyone's going to come out of this stronger, uh, it's probably going to be Tom Brady and, <laughs> yeah. and Rob. Uh, yeah. Because I'm sure they're going to put the work in. I'm sure Tom's throwing every day. I'm sure he's going to be be ready to go. So um, I think they're going to have a great year. I, I think they're going to work extremely hard. I think they're going to walk into a new team and be humble about it. Uh, when I had Rob on my podcast, uh, I gronked up. Um, yeah. you know, all he kept saying was, uh, you know, I, I just want to show up and I want to work. Yeah. You know, I got to go back to day one. I got to put that work in and then I'll let you know how we're going to do. So yeah. that's, that's always been his mentality it's like he doesn't want to talk about it he wants to be about it he wants to get the work done first yeah. and then that's always been his attitude but then when he's when he's ready and he's confident and he put that work in then he wants to have fun and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you see well, that's when you see the fun come out but that's yeah. after he's prepared that's after he's ready that's after he's proven himself and I think yeah. that's what you're going to see this year yeah well and and I think that translates exactly back to the stuff you were talking about that it's it's the hard work and kind of the the resiliency and being humble part that um, has obviously translated well for you in in the entrepreneurial part too so uh, you know one thing we ask every every guest is um, somebody's at home they're thinking you know what this this really speaks to me I want to start on the path to being you know to, to starting my own business to, to being an entrepreneur if you could say two or three things they could do today like that right afterwards what would be a couple of things you think they should start with so for me it, it was always about making a successful idea better is how I always looked at things so uh, don't try to recreate you know the wheel uh, you know there's so many things out there already that are already proven to be successful just find a way to either do it better or or uh, you know make the process better make it easier whatever it is and so that's how I always looked at things that's how my wife's business was mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's personalized gifts. There's anyone could do it. The reason it's been so successful is because we do it better. We bring it, bring in better products. We turn it around faster. Most of the time, same day, uh, absolutely no patents, nothing like that is needed. It's not proprietary. Yeah. We just do a better job than everyone else. We follow up with our customers. We make sure their order is what they wanted. We follow up with an email and make sure they're satisfied with it. And we reconnect with them. We make them feel like family. Uh, same thing with ice shaker, you know, Everyone, the first question on Shark Tank is, hey, do you have a patent? And at the end of the day, they don't really care. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about having a better service uh, than, than everyone else is really, and doing it better than everyone is really what it comes down to. If someone wants to make a similar cup to me, they can, you know. I can have any patent in the world and they can still come and make something very similar. So I always tell people, just make it, make it better and do it better. Um, you know, make the, make the service better, just do it better and hustle harder than everyone else and you're gonna be successful. I think that's, that's absolutely huge. And then um, for me as well, what I thought and, and kind of how I started things too, was I always started it as a side hustle. You know, I, people are always looking for investments or putting all the, their eggs in one basket. For me, it was, Hey, I'm still working full-time here. That's how my dad did it as well. Um, you know, it's kind of how it started with my wife. We had our, our money source, our main money source. And then it was kind of the side project. Like, Hey, let's start this and let's see where it goes. And then once it gets there, once we know it's successful, once we know we can live off of it, let's go all in at that point. So that's, that's my advice for people as well is, hey, start it. Because at the end of the day, you work eight hours a week or eight hours a day, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no, there's still another eight hours in the day for you to do other things. So especially if you're young and you're single, you have a full eight hours, a full second work day to do something else. So why not do it and, and figure out if it works or not? And if it doesn't, no, great. At least you didn't go all in and lose everything on it, you know, and, and then restart. But, um, and I guess my third one would be you know, just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean that you can't, 
So, you know, anyone could say, hey, there was a million other shaker bottles on the market. Yeah, that's great. You know, there's also a Lowe's and a Home Depot across the street from each other. <laughs> you know, there's, 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 uh, there's opportunity out there. And just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean that you can't do it better than them. So don't get discouraged because um, you know, even when a competitor comes into the space, that's fine. You know what that ends up happening is it makes you better. And at the same time, it also introduces more people to your concept. So if I have a competitor come in, that's great. They're spending money to educate the customers about the stainless steel bottle, which if I'm doing a better job than them in it, they're going to end up being my customer anyway. So bring on the competition. I'm going to elevate my game and I'm going to get your customer anyway. So uh, that's how I look at it. Instead of saying, hey, a new competitor, oh man, I'm so mad about it. I can't believe it. Uh, and getting down on yourself, look at it as, hey, that's another opportunity for me to get better and to acquire more customers. Wow. I, I mean, and your competitiveness comes through when you talk about that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's awesome, Chris. I, I mean, I, I really appreciate that you've done this for us. I mean, the, the content has been incredible. There, people are going to take away some really cool things today. Um, so it's, it's been great that you've been able to share it. Um, anybody listening, if you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast here, make sure that you do that. Um, Chris, how do, um, what are some of the best ways to get in contact with you and find out more about Ice Shaker? Absolutely. So website is iceshaker.com. Uh, you could find the Ice Shaker brand on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Ice Shaker Bottle. And then me personally, I'm pretty much on everything as well. Um, I've joined TikTok. Uh, you know, I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Um, Facebook is, I don't have a Facebook page, but um, you know, I have my personal Facebook. And then uh, LinkedIn as well, all at Chris Gronkowski. So follow me there. I'm posting all the time, posting uh, mostly workout content. I like to give away free content. Uh, I love yeah. living a healthy and active lifestyle. So check out my workouts, but I just like to have fun as well. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. So anybody um, who wants to do that, go to www.bigideabigmoves.com. We'll have it in the show notes there and also on the podcast uh, information. And, uh, oh, and there's also, if you're planning some of this stuff, there's a big planner that you can take uh, as well. So let's uh, make sure that you take advantage of that. But again, thanks, Chris. And, uh, you know, appreciate you jumping on today. Yeah, and if, I guess one last thing, if yeah. anyone else is um, looking for a podcast, check us out. It's uh, yeah. Gronk Up, and we'll, I'm sure it's on the same network as all yours as well. So yeah. listen there. Come on over. Check mine out as well. And then, uh, hey, what, what are you going to join it? Yeah. You're going to come on guess for Absolutely. Me? Anytime you want, Chris. All right. And we'll make sure that we put the cross thing there so people will jump right over right after they listen to this one. So, Perfect. All right. Thanks a lot. And we'll uh, talk to everybody again on Big Idea, Big Moves. Big Moves.